0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Alexanthopoulos, does it again, Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone. To Atlanta natives, recapping the week that was in Atlanta Professional Sports, wacky ass hijinks and analysis, presented hopefully still by the Pigskin Podcast Network since we've been off the air for three weeks. Adam, how's it going, sir? And we're back, Graham. I mean,
1: uh, Steaky, how's it going? In honor of Steak Shapiro. Returning to the air, I decided we need to return to the air as well, Graham. Should
0: I be uh, Sandra and you be steak for this episode? That seems
1: like a lot of work, Graham. I would still like to be myself. That's fair. Uh, You're a good actor, though. We're, we're not going to talk about Atlanta Eats or you know where you can get the best... Uh, I'm
0: going to order for the table, Adam. <laughs> I'm going to order for the table. I don't care what anyone else wants. I'm ordering for the table.
1: We're not going to talk about the best cheesesteaks in town.
0: Oh, you go to Woody's. You know, <laughs> Woody's is great. There's plenty of places. Goldberg's actually has some dynamite cheesesteaks at the Battery Atlanta.
1: We're not going to do any of that because you've been in Italy, Graham, for a couple weeks, and uh, we've been off air, and a lot has happened in the world of Atlanta
0: sports. It certainly has.
1: We got trade deadline. We do. We got training camp.
0: Yeah, we got Austin Riley extension.
1: We got extensions.
0: We have a pennant race.
1: We have a pennant race. We got a World Series title to defend.
0: We have Dejounte Murray, John Collins, and Trey Young playing some bizarre. I don't even know what they were doing. They were they were playing in some exhibition somewhere and just absolutely schooling what some. What the bros. hell was that? I don't know. I was very confused. I mean, they were doing like some Harlem Globetrotters NBA Street esque moves and alley oops and stuff, which was cool. But I was against all these punks, um, so I was like, I don't. I mean, I guess way to go, build some chemistry together. But I don't. A lot of people were putting a lot of stock into it. It was like, John Collins finished with like thirty-seven points and twenty-five boards. I was like. Who cares?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think they were joking about it, but I heard on the radio today that we lost that game, actually.
0: Oh. Those were just the highlights and garbage time. Oh, okay. But
1: I don't think that's the, the truth. Yeah. Not Summer League, though, but I guess they're they're vibing. That's good. Yeah,
0: that's the big news. Certainly. Let's start with these deals. I guess we'll start with the first one. We uh, got Adrianza back for pretty much nothing and DFA'd Robbie Cano. Who scuffled mightily at the plate and in the field? I don't
1: don't think we once discussed the fact on this podcast that Robbie Cano was
0: on the team. I think we haven't had an episode since Robbie (laughs) Cano came on the team and then was dismissed.
1: Yeah, so Phil Gosselin's no longer anymore, unfortunately. Uh, Yeah, he was
0: DFA'd for uh, for Robbie Cano. Robbie Cano comes in that first night, gets two hits, looked decent in the field. I was like, oh man, I mean, I wasn't like getting too excited because you know he is what he is at this point, but I was also like okay, maybe this can kind of work out. But, you know, just over the course of time, it became apparent that it wasn't going to work out. He got like two more hits after that. He's like four for 39 and then just made a bunch of errors in the field. And I think more than anything, it was the errors that probably got him dismissed. But the offense didn't help either.
1: So, I mean, obviously this deal is all about trying to fill the void until Ozzy comes back. But it's, it's a bit of a concern now with Ozzy that he still hasn't started any rehab. There hasn't really been any updates on him. No, like, but I think the good
0: news about it is that you know, without saying anything, if Ozzy was going to miss the season, or if they thought – it still could happen, right, that Ozzie doesn't come back. But I think they would have made another move if they were really like, holy shit, Ozzy's not coming back this year.
1: That's a good point, Graham. That is an excellent, astute point on your behalf there. So, yeah. in the meantime, you know, I can think of worse platoon options than Arcia and Adrianza. You're going to get good defense from both of those worse?
0: Who are worse options?
1: Uh, Gosselin Cano. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um – it could be a lot worse. And, you know, that's obviously our weakest spot in the lineup right now, yes. second base. But so if those guys just get the occasional hits, give a solid defense, maybe. I mean, keep in mind that Adrianza, obviously, hasn't exactly excelled with the NAS, but we've seen this year and year again where a guy will go somewhere else, suck, come back to the Braves, and kind of get that lightning at a bottle again. And, yeah. You know, Adrianza was like one of the best pinch hitters we had last season
0: people forget all of Eddie Rosario's heroics in the NLCS that without Adrianza Rosario does not get the chance to hit that home run because snicker pinch hit I think it was I can't remember who started game six I want to say it was Anderson and it was like the fourth inning or something and there was two outs but we had a guy on or something like that and Adrianza Adrianza comes up and gets that double in the corner to set up for Rosario's three-run home run so I mean He's he's had a horrible year this year offensively. He's hit, like, 140 or something. But he's a guy that's familiar with the clubhouse, familiar with the culture, won, helped win a World Series last year, even though maybe it was a more minor role than others. You know, it's a it's a situation where you're comfortable bringing a guy like Adrianza back into the fold for this platoon situation.
1: And at the end of the day, we are better off. Like, the trade made us better. That's yeah. That's what you're looking for.
0: Yeah, he'll at least play better defense at the end of the day. Like, that's a given.
1: But, you know, when you see that trade, it's like, obviously... That's not all we wanted to do. No. And you'd be disappointed if that's all it was. And also this happened, what, like
0: two or three days ago?
1: Correct. So, so. That, that was just the first trade. So what was the the second trade, Graham?
0: Second trade was Robbie Grossman, I believe. Correct. For uh, minor leaguer Chris Anglin, who I'm not familiar with at all. I, th- I mean,
1: I think he might have made it to double A, but he was, he was just drafted in, like, the 16th round, like, last year, the 2021 draft. Okay. It had, like, a five-something ERA. Obviously, I mean, you never know how these guys are going to develop. A work in progress, but certainly not one of our top twenty-five
0: prospects. Right. So Robbie Grossman is an outfielder. For those that don't know, he is playing in Detroit, um, and now he's with us. He is ha- he's had a horrible season. Point blank, he's hitting two hundred five with three thirteen on base percentage and a two eighty two slugging percentage. Horrible numbers. Five ninety five OPS. However. Here's where uh, the sauce is cooked, or whatever stupid metaphor you want to use. Against left-handers this year, he's hitting 364 with a 479 on base percentage and a 519 slugging with a 999 OPS. So he is strictly a platoon guy who plays decent defense, who can crush left-handed pitching.
1: And another major thing we haven't mentioned, because we've been off the air for two or three weeks. Adam Duvall out for the season, Graham.
0: Yes, which is pretty significant. So that's the reason why this trade was was made, and he has reportedly gone to Dr. Graham Waldrup to get his, his wrist looked at, um, and we're we're going to perform a, a surgery upon Adam Duvall after extensive uh, research and um, <laughs> evaluation of the patient.
1: Is that something you research? You you have to check the books, see is your wrist broken? Well, you do
0: the x-rays. You see what the actual, uh, I was about to say repairs like he's a fucking car. (laughs) What surgery you need to perform, how you're going to perform it. Um, And, you know, we're going to get in there next week and and take care of Adam.
1: But in in the meantime, in terms of the on-baseball product, we're losing a lot of power, obviously. And Duvall, I think, was kind of getting it going.
0: It was a little bit, but he had stretches where he'd get it going and suck. It going and suck. So, I mean, I'm... Losing him isn't the end of the world to me. But
1: Grossman is not a better player than Adam Duvall.
0: No. They're pretty – I'd say Adam Duval's probably having a little bit of a better season.
1: Seems like the defense is about the same. But, I mean, the, the splits are, are there. So you got yeah. Rosario against righties and Grossman against lefties, correct?
0: Right. Problem is that Rosario's still scuffling. He had a decent series against Arizona, but that's Arizona. So it's like – I tell you, the, the, the biggest issue with this team right now for me – is the, um, it's like Rosario sucks. Ozuna sucks. Darno's even kind of like having a very subpar season. Um, there's some holes in this, in this order. And we didn't really do a lot to mitigate that. We're still sort of hoping that, um, guys turn around. I mean, Acuna's scuffling like crazy. He's, I don't even say he got it going against Arizona, but he's hitting the ball a lot harder, putting together better at bats than he has in the last few weeks. But, um, it's incredible to me that we're actually like 21 games over 500 with like even though the offense is still, you know, hitting a shit ton of home runs and whatnot. Um, it's like we're being bolstered pretty much by Austin Riley right now and Matt Olson and uh, Michael Harris. Those are like Dansby and Dansby, of course. There's like the four guys that are consistently performing well for you. Everyone else is either a mess or they're very up and down.
1: But well, there's always it's the same thing as last year. There's always someone who who's going to step up. Contreras got it going a little bit.
0: Contreras got two home well, runs the other night, which well, is good. He night. needs to be the DH every day. I'm tired of Zuna's carcass going out there and just sucking.
1: Graham, our our new goal for this new phase of Atlanta Zone, and Atlanta professional podcast, <laughs> is we're gonna. It's finish. sad we're professionals. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna stay on topic and finish our first segment. Okay. Before we'll, we move on to that, that's okay? true. Okay. Yeah. No. So, I'm
0: getting into the whole issues of the order. Yeah. yeah we no, got to no. talk about the trades.
1: So okay. the. That was the second trade, Grossman. Right. And then a much bigger trade comes down the line the same night. Anthopolis was working late into the night. Last I can't wait night. to hear
0: your response to this. So, yeah, we get Jake Odorizzi uh, from Houston for Adams' hero, Will Smith.
1: He's not my hero. He's Atlanta Braves' franchise hero, Will Smith, who sucked pretty much all the time in the regular season. Granted, got it, like, got it done last year, but obviously wasn't happening this year. But he will be remembered for having one of the greatest World Series runs a reliever
0: has ever seen. And not just the World Series, but the whole postseason. We, we don't – yeah, exactly. We don't win the World Series if it's not for Will Smith. No, six saves, I think 11 strikeouts, and uh, no runs given up. So he was he was lights out. He did his job from about like middle of September last year through the entire – postseason run he was unstoppable
1: he was worth the money but this is an unbelievable deal to like it, he got to the point where he was brought in what a six nothing lead couldn't hold that
0: yeah he, he was awful he and in july he had a 2.5 whip and like a five something era like he or no excuse me a nine era like he was awful as about as bad as you can do it he wasn't being run out
1: there like he used to thank god we got chance and thank god dylan lee has stepped into a bigger
0: role um, you were still talking as recently as like two weeks ago. You were like, "Oh, you know, he'll, you know, you, you, you know, he'll turn on when he has to. I,
1: I could still see him doing that with the Astros. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Odorizzi, he's a pretty good player, man. He's and a I, solid, I don't, I don't really understand pitcher. why the Astros did this deal. They
0: had a surplus of starters and they okay. needed some bullpen help.
1: Okay. Well, that's reasonable, though. But,
0: yeah, Oda Rizzi's had a solid year, 375 ERA, uh, really good 1.15 whip across 60 innings, 46 walks to uh, – excuse me, 46 strikeouts to 17 walks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's had, he's had a good, decent year. Um,
1: I know he was injured for a while, but
0: – Yeah. Like, his last start, what, seven innings? Against Seattle, yeah. Like, no runs, I think? Yeah. He, he's he's had a, a good good run recently overall minus a really bad start against uh, Oakland.
1: So this does a couple things for us, Graham, This uh trade here. Obviously we're getting rid of a what it was going to be a problem down the road with Will Smith first of all. Yeah. It like, well, wasn't a
0: problem down the road, it's a problem now. He
1: might have been DFA'd, I don't know.
0: Probably was going to be He was ne- yeah, you're right. Like the frequency of his usage was he was no longer pitching really in a lot of high leverage situations. He wasn't being run out there like four or five times a week.
1: And with Yates coming back, like he might have been the on man out. Sure. I don't know. You're not like What are you going to do, drop Dylan Lee? No, absolutely not. So You obviously don't want to DFA a guy who just helped you win a World Series the year before.
0: So that would have just been sloppy. But it's also like, you know, it's about what you're doing now. And if he was DFA'd, then, you know, you would have accepted it. But the fact that you get a solid pitcher, starting pitcher, for the carcass of Will Smith is is impressive by Anthopolis. I mean, I think both front offices must have – or at least the Houston front office must have been like, we can figure out how to fix him sort of thing. And we're, we're willing to take that chance with their surplus of starters. Odorizzi is, you know, was out for all of June only p- had three appearances in May. So maybe they were just kind of like, well, oh, we don't have time for him to really get his shit together. We have other guys that are maybe in a better position to start. So, I, you know, hopefully it benefits both clubs. And it's interesting though, that the two defending league champions uh, make a trade with each other at the deadline. Yeah.
1: That, that is very rare to see, but it, In terms of us as well, like, it gives us insurance in case Ian Anderson, like, his last start was good, but we don't know if he's going to keep that up or not. He did look like himself, though, legitimately, which was great to see. But also, we don't know what's going to happen with Spencer Strider and Kyle Wright. Are they going to start to fade down the stretch? They've never thrown this many innings. So you bring in a veteran innings eater like Odorizzi who, like, is going to be solid for us. Sure. He's going to be what Gossman was when we brought Gossman in uh, in 2018 or whatever, before he became like a legend Cy Young Gossman, but yeah. still just like a solid guy that you can run out there. He's going to get you six innings and uh, we can go six man rotation for a while. I know the next couple of weeks we have a couple double headers. So that like instantly solves a problem there where you can just plug go to in versus bringing up Kyle Muller or anything like that. So great deal. I'm very excited about this. And like, Legitimately could start a playoff game for us. He's he's good.
0: Sure, you you'd rather. I mean, like I think you have you'd rather have Wright, Strider, or Freed starting before um, Rizzy, But you're exactly right. Is a great insurance policy. We needed to add some depth rotation. You
1: forgot Charlie Morton there too.
0: I would put those three above Charlie Morton. Absolutely, but I I've had much better seasons. Charlie Morton. I would put Charlie Morton over, over Rizzy. Yeah, as well, just because of his pedigree, and he's actually pitching like himself a little more recently. Um, and you know, the other thing with, like you mentioned, Mueller Mueller broke a, a bone in his non-pitching hand, so he's going to fit with a splint and isn't even pitching right now.
1: I'm glad he didn't get traded though. Like he's not one. I figured if we were going to make a splash, Mueller would be the guy that we'd have to trade. Yeah, he's a guy that I want to hold on to. I agree. Like he could have, he could be next season's Kyle right?
0: Right, or Strider, or, you know, somebody that comes in and just, like, blows blows the door off the hinges, especially with, you know, Morton getting older um, and and things like that. You want to – got you can never have enough pitching. I mean, it's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason.
1: Yep. So that was a good deal, Graham.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's solid. And, like I said, Anthopolis, once again, fleeces – in my opinion, the Astros. I don't think the Astros are going to get shit out of Will Smith, but, but what I, do I know?
1: I think he's got a club option for next year. Is that right?
0: Oh, no a player option maybe i think he has a player option yeah
1: so yeah we got a pretty fun uh clubhouse pretty good environment to play in
0: yeah pretty good team sure i don't know why you wouldn't want to come back to us right as long as you perform yep um all right let's talk about the last deal um so everybody knew what we needed to fix or the holes we had which was you know with Duval gone we needed a replacement got that Um, You know, there was question marks, obviously, what you mentioned with the young pitchers and their stamina. Um, So we need to bolster the rotation a little bit. Did that. Then there was also the bullpen. Need some help. Um, You know, Matzik hasn't been himself, even though he's been better. Jansen, up and down, had some health issues, et cetera, with the back and the heart and whatnot. Will Smith sucked. So it's like, (laughs) all right, (laughs) we need some help here. And uh, the Braves go out and make a trade right before the end of the deadline today. Get Raziel Iglesias from the Angels for Jesse Chavez and Tucker Davidson. And for those that might not remember Iglesias, he is the Angels' closer. He was the closer uh, for years for Cincinnati and took over for a role as Chapman after he went to Chicago and the Yankees. So he's had a nice little career, flamethrower. Um, folks might remember he pitched in the 2020 uh, first round of the playoffs against us. We absolutely destroyed him, but he, this guy can touch 100. He's had sort of an up-and-down uh, season with the angels has a 404 era um but he has uh, 16 saves last year of the angels he was very good had a 257 era 0.93 whip and uh, 34 saves the whip is still pretty good 1.07 for him this year so uh you know you hope you get him in there with um who's our pitching coach's name adam i can see him i want to say it's mcdowell but i know that's totally wrong kranitz Oh, go. cranny. Correct. Yeah. Uh, hopefully get him in there with crannets, get him uh, sorted out a little bit. He's still, I mean, I. you know, you look at these these numbers, still 48 uh, strikeouts to nine walks, um, solid web 107, as I mentioned. So, like, this is a good move, and this is a guy who can still pitch, and he, he's had a, you know, a slightly declined season from last year and last couple of years. But, hell, we need depth, and this guy can come in here and uh, provide that and be a solid addition to the, to the bullpen. He's not like some young guy who's never pitched before. He's pitched at a high level and has done it for uh, – last seven years or so.
1: So so now we're talking, we got Jansen, Matsik, Iglesias, McHugh, Dylan Lee. Dylan Lee, yeah. Like, that's solid, Graham. Yeah.
0: Bullpen is deep again. There's a
1: few, there's a few other names that have, obviously I'm not mentioning that have had success this year as well. But legitimately, we're, we're losing some veteran leadership in Will Smith and Jesse Chavez. True. Like... Those guys, from all reports, like have meant a lot to some of these young guys that are having success down there, Dylan Lee included. So I, I don't think that's something to like completely dismiss uh, the intangibles of what Will Smith might have done for that bullpen. I think Jansen's a little more of like a, a quiet type of leader, yep. mm-hmm. where Will Smith was would be the guy that would like get in your face about shit if you're you know not doing what you're supposed to. Right. So I would. I wasn't stoked when I heard Jesse Chavez was included in that deal.
0: Yeah, he's been really, really good for us. It's, it's a shame. but um,
1: I don't know why that was necessary to make that deal happen. But
0: I feel bad for Jesse Chavez, man. There was apparently an article that came out today. I didn't read it. Just today,
1: before he was traded. Yeah, yeah, he's
0: like the most traded guy over the last like seven years or something. He's been on like 15 different clubs or something like that. He's been traded twice already this year. And
1: he's obviously super comfortable here and like... Has had a lot of success, but... We'll see him
0: again next season.
1: I'm sure he'll be back, <laughs> but it, it's still, like, I, I, he's an arm that I, I would like to have down there as, like, one of your, you know, sixth or seventh guy coming out there that's going to get out of some jams and not be scared and throw strikes. Yeah. But, so, hopefully Iglesias, like, is Jesse Chavez and a lot more, I mean, as long as you're improving, and, and he's under contract for a couple more seasons. So yeah, that, that's good news there as well. He's not a rental,
0: right? And like I said, I mean, the majority of his career, he's been really good, and, he, and like, and he hasn't sucked this year or anything. So it's like this is this is a big upgrade over. As much as we like Jesse Chavez, this guy can actually pitch in your high leverage situations and and strike a lot of guys out. So he's not
1: a guy I've seen pitch a ton, you know? Right, with Cincinnati, to... Los Angeles, yeah, you know? yeah. So hopefully he's not a Rich Rodriguez type of guy that just has one pitch. No,
0: he's got he's he's not he's not a Rich Rodriguez. He has more than one pitch, and he's had a more he's he's a bona fide major league reliever at this point. He's been like I said, he's been doing a doing a really good job pitching since 2015. So it's like I I, I feel confident in this move.
1: But Anthopolis does it again. Goes out yeah. shores up a lot of needs including this one at the very last minute yeah I think it' was past six o'clock that one and it's such a weird move through. for the
0: angels too because they're out of it right and it's like I guess he just wanted to get out of the contract with Iglesias, and it's well, like not, I mean you're, you're, you're getting just, Davidson yeah who can be good but it's like Jesse Chavez I guess it's like just thrown in there for Jesse Chavez
1: maybe yeah I, I don't understand why he had to be thrown in there yeah um but yeah I mean Tucker Davidson's a legitimate prospect he could
0: he could blossom like, yeah.
1: and angels need a lot of starters yeah because they they haven't had anyone for the last like 12 years right so you know tucker Davidson's a legitimate name he i mean he's but he's kind of like a bryce wilson that we traded last year he's 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 obviously been pushed down with spencer strider and kyle wright doing their thing and moeller coming up so expendable and uh, anthopolis wasn't scared to make the deal but once again you're not it's not like we traded vaughn grissom it's not like we traded michael harris or uh, Muller. Or Muller, we, yeah. we're filling needs without getting any of our huge I mean, we don't have many big prospects anymore, you
0: know. No, we don't. That's that's the kicker with all these trades we've Grissom made over and Muller are probably the biggest prospects you have yeah. left of this. Point.
1: Those are like the un, the untouchables at this point. But um Yeah, you got to feel good about it, Graham.
0: Yeah, I agree. And
1: we're not in the same situation we were last year where we had so many holes to fill.
0: Right, where it was a disaster. This
1: was we just needed to tinker a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, you would have liked to have gotten uh, uh, Ian Happ from Chicago or something like that as opposed to Grossman, but you probably have to give up too much. Like, last year was desperation. It was like we had to make some moves if we wanted to at least make a run at the Mets. Now it's like, you know, we're still neck and neck with the Mets and kudos to them for still holding on to the division lead. But it's like, you know, we're 21, 22 games over 500, whatever it is. It's not like we're slouching. We just, yeah, you're exactly right. We just need to make a little moves, get a little better, improve in some areas that needed some improvement. And here you go. Anthopolis does it again. Would have been sweet to get Jock Peterson back though, baby. Yeah.
1: But the giant, the Giants, are just, with that third wild card, that made, that made it a little tougher. There's just so many more teams that were on the verge of being in the playoffs still. So there were fewer sellers. Yeah, but yeah, I guess at the end of the day, we should have just resigned Jock from the beginning. But what are you going to do? Yeah, thank God for Michael you're, Harris.
0: You're you're not going to hit on everything. You're not going to always make the right move. But
1: that is such a reasonable take for you, Graham. Winning yeah. a World Series has really softened you.
0: It's like the the biggest blue balls that you could ever have in terms of being a sports fan was finally released. Really, you don't want to have a sexual reference, and <laughs> uh, then I got nothing for you. Adam's <laughs> making faces at me over here. We'll move on. Um, But, yeah, that's your Atlanta Braves trade deadline report.
1: (laughs) Very good, Greg. Very good. Yes. Now let's move on to other big news in the Atlanta Braves.
0: Sure. Austin Riley. Austin Riley. How about
1: that coming out?
0: That was – We have
1: discussed this, this need to make this happen, because it's not just Dansby at the end of this year, but Austin Riley needs to get paid, Max Frieden needs to get paid. And uh, Austin Riley got paid Graham
0: yeah a 10 year 212 million dollar contract uh, the biggest deal in franchise history. I feel like we've been saying that a lot recently. Matt Olson was the biggest deal now it's uh, Austin Riley and that, so that'll run him through the 2032 season and if you do the math you, you know the maximum you're going to spend on Austin Riley throughout his 10 years is 22 million dollars per season.
1: which is great. I mean that that's what the most we're spending on Matt Olson. Like, the fact that we have Austin Riley, Matt Olson, Ronald, and Ozzy all locked up for very team-friendly deals is crazy because people are getting $30, $35 million a year now. And we got
0: all these guys. For, like, $515 million total. Yeah. Uh, Top-level, top-tier talent uh, particularly. I mean, what's crazy to me is that, like, with Acuna kind of scuffling this year and being hurt, um, you know, to start the season, like, Austin Riley is kind of – the face of the franchise at the moment, not to take anything away from Ronald, but it's just like his level of play has been unreal. Uh, he was the player of the month in July, hit like 430 with 10 home runs. And just, it was just unreal. He has, he has the highest slugging percentage in baseball right now at 601. Um, uh, he's been phenomenal in every step of the way uh, this year. I um, Who would have thunk it? like a year ago and like, I remember a year ago in April or it was May or something we were having a discussion. It was like, is this kind of like what Austin Riley is? Does he just sort of suck and capable of hitting, running a couple of balls and hitting a home run every once in a while? Like, is he ever going to take the next step? He took it last year and he's taking it even more this year. And after that big walk-off hit against Arizona, it was like the next day I was like next morning. It was like Austin Riley 10, year extension. Well,
1: you know, what really got him his contract was this quote that he had after that game winner on Sunday where he said like, I hunt deer, and I hit baseballs, and it's not deer season right now.
0: Give that man a 10-year yeah, contract. exactly.
1: stuff was like, okay. But, uh, yeah, he's just so solid, man. Like, you just feel so confident watching him up in a big situation.
0: I'm amazed that people still pitch to him because he's hitting fourth right now, and he's got guys like Rosario and Ozuna hitting behind him. I'd be like, I'll just be walking this guy every chance I got. He, he, he doesn't just hit, like, hittable pitches. Like that pitch against um or who was it on Sunday when um Melanson was pitching against him. That was a good pitch. Low and inside and he just goes down there and gets it and gets an opposite field, you know, double to win the game. I mean, his plate discipline is unreal, his power is unreal. Um like I can't say enough great things about Austin Riley. He is he is not even in his prime yet. I mean he could get better and he's already hit 29 home runs this year. I think he hit 33 last year. He's going to yeah. eclipse that. He might threaten 45 50 home runs at this pace.
1: He's a superstar, man. And you you just love to see it like to develop this homegrown talent and keep him for 10 years at a reasonable like deal. What else could you want from your franchise? Yeah. And and came out and said it he's like we've seen what like Braves country's been doing filling up the stadium. Every game and if like you keep doing that, we're gonna keep doing this. So it's like as you like to say, Graham, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. And you, you got the battery, you, you got Goldberg's bagels, you got all the hot restaurants, and all that money is going straight to the Atlanta Braves franchise. And they're they're putting butts in seats. You know? And and now we're we're seeing that money directly on the field, baby. Steaky, buy or sell Austin Riley. Buy. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of dumb question is that? Of course you buy. But uh, r- r- right now, Graham, we're I think depending on what site you're looking at, we're like between like seven to like nine for overall payroll. And the has said we're going to be a top five payroll good. overall. So it's gonna keep time going we up. to now time to start
0: spending some money. So, you know what's great about these extensions too? That um, started with the uh, Aussie and, and Acuna is that he's signing them before they get too out of control, before their numbers are too good. Like with, with Ronald, he'd only play like 120 major league games before that extension. With Riley, like, you know, Austin's only been good for like a year and like a couple months. You know, it's not like he was a world beater for like four or five years and then this deal came in. Like, he's, he's finding the time when these guys start to really figure their shit out and signing them to deals that are affordable for the team, but also set them up, set up the players for life. So it's like a great balance of not waiting too long. You know, think about how much money Aaron Judge is going to make this year. Or Juan Soto will make in a couple of years. Like these guys are going to make, because they weren't locked up earlier in their career, they're they're going to make $400, $430 million, something insane. Hell, Juan Soto turned down a $445 million for, uh, contract from Washington before he was traded. That was the reason he was traded, because he didn't want to be here any, or be in Washington anymore. Mike Rizzo has failed that franchise, lost, uh, you know, didn't lock up Bryce Harper, didn't lock up Juan Soto. Um
1: Shirt sure, of, of all those Trey Turner of all those people, they end up with Strasburg who hasn't pitched at all. They locked right, him up. Right,
0: So it's like it's incredible to me what what um, Anthopolis has done in terms of buying his time and then figuring out when the time to strike is on giving big extensions to people, big you know these core, core these guys that you want to be core players for uh, the foreseeable future. Uh, it's just a master stroke uh, once again by by him, and he continues to prove that he's the best. In my opinion, he's the best general manager in the history of the franchise and maybe the history of Atlanta's professional sports.
1: Yeah, because you're, you're buying them out of those arbitration years. So, like, you can understand the argument from the player's point of view when you got three, four years that you would be making so much less than they are now. Like, you're not going to get those huge, like, Dansby's probably going to end up with a bigger contract than any of those four guys. He, mm-hmm. AAV, because he, he's made it to his very last year and now he's putting up
0: huge numbers. But he's only had one really good year. Like you think about it, that's, like offensively and defensively.
1: That's enough. Someone's going to pay Dansby yeah. more than $22 million we might, a year. And we might lose him. We might lose him. It's definitely possible. But that's where Vaughn Grissom comes to play. And, you know, we will sign a veteran stopgap for, you know, a lot of money for one year. He's proven that he's willing to do that as well. Right. That's the beauty of Anthopolis is like, he'll give a guy, you know, $25, $30 million for one season. Right. If well, that, well, if that'll get a veteran in,
0: yeah. Well, with the talk of um, you know wanting to be a top five payroll, I mean that that opens the door. I mean, there's a lot of good free agent shortstops this year, or guys that might opt out, like a Carlos Correa, Xander Bogertis, uh, Bogarts, uh, Bogartis, Bogarts, <laughs> Bogartis. Like, like, is that <laughs> the pronunciation? I've never, no. I've never interpreted <laughs> it that way, but. Sometimes you know your think. Sounds like I uh have, like dyslexia or something. Bungerness. Um but you know, there's a lot of quality guys that are short steps that are gonna be uh free agents Dansby included in that uh discussion. Trey Turner. You know, it's like um so you're gonna have your pick of the litter, and if you are willing to spend money, shit. All right, you know.
1: It is just so funny that Dansby has Freddie's same agent. Casey close, yeah. It's,
0: it's like is Dansby gonna
1: tell him, Hey, Casey. I want to be in Atlanta. I'm pretty sure that would be like the title of an email if Dansby wants to be in Atlanta. It
0: should be the title of like a meeting they have before the season's over.
1: Yeah. It's it's either Dansby wants to be in Atlanta and we'll, he could get, I'm sure we could give him a similar AAV as Olsen and Austin have now gotten at this point. Maybe.
0: But um, otherwise. I don't think he's earned it though. I really don't think he's earned that. He's like a $15 million a year kind of player to me. Well. He hasn't been this year. He's been much more above. He's been above that for sure. But I'm just saying the history of his career. Like, you think about, it, you know, Austin Riley has had two great seasons, uh, including this year. Matt Olsen has had like four or five great seasons. Um, you know what Cunha's done. And it's like, Dansby's had one good year. I mean, he's had he's played great defense throughout his career, but this is the first year he's put together offensively. And it's like, is that worth over $22, 25000000 million? I don't know. Is, can he consistently do this yeah I don't I'll, know. Be, I'll,
1: I'll be curious to see if other teams buy into it because because if not maybe Dansby will kind of recognize that and give us more of a team-friendly deal to come back here
0: yeah like to me I would pay Dansby like 15 16 million dollars a year I don't think he's he's not to me but that you know what the hell do I know yeah um
1: we'll, we'll trust Anthopolis on that one
0: yeah I think he has earned the right to be trusted um in all things right now like he hasn't done anything where you're like Good Lord. I mean, think about just over like the course of his general managerial career with the Braves, like the worst thing I can think of is probably the Cole Hamels deal.
1: No, cuz But that's, it's not even really that no, bad. I'd say the worst one is Ozuna at this point.
0: Yeah, Ozuna. Cuz that's a long-term deal. That's Cole, a long-term Cole deal. Hamels was one year who That's cares? a good point. Yeah. Um, but Ozuna still has provided you something in that 2020 season. Like he was still Yeah, big reason why he had MVP um, numbers that year. Yeah, he was fantastic. I mean, there's still like the the um,
1: outlandish possibility that Ozuna could turn into what he
0: was. I don't think so. I think he he is what he is. He's a 230 hitter that can give you 20 home runs a year at this point.
1: At least with Grossman and Rosario, we don't like we can get away with. Those are our two left fielders, so our defense isn't going to be completely screwed in left. And Contreras can DH a lot more than he has been. Like, we're not forced to play Ozuna in left field
0: now. He really shouldn't. Yeah, he should never play left field again. And he should. And Contreras should be the full time DH. Contreras only had like 30, like, uh, as of like a couple days ago, only had like 38 at bats in July or something. I'm like, get this man up there. Yeah, I
1: mean, he he certainly slowed down.
0: He has slowed down, but it's also like. I think
1: it's kind of a joke that he was an all
0: star. Yes, it was. It was. But I think. He's and Acuna, give it, for that matter. Yes, agree with that. That's just another reason that's why just, awards... It's just and, like voting. It's voting, you know? yeah. It's a bunch of bullshit. We're a popular
1: team right now. We have a lot of fans.
0: Yeah. Um, and then, like, Austin Riley was an injury replacement. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, just goes I show you the, the... It's all about the positions, ex- though. Yeah. But it's also, like, the validity of it, of an all-star appearance or selection, is, is bullshit to me. Because of that very reason. But... Um, yeah, Contreras has definitely slowed down. But he's going to give you better at bats than Ozuna. Ozuna also against left-handers is hitting like a hundred and has like a two eighty slugging percentage or something. Like he's awful. He's yeah. awful this year. Yeah, he
1: has not. He has not been good. I don't think he's any- only had one
0: home run against a left-handed pitcher this year.
1: Yeah, no one. No one's arguing against
0: him. Yeah, it's 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 unreal how bad he is. And this is exactly what he was doing pretty much before you know all the domestic violence and the injury issue last year that came up. It's like if you look at his stats last year and you look at him this year, they're pretty much the same.
1: It. I'm sure Anthopolis was trying like hell to find someone to take a flyer on him.
0: Oh, yeah. No no doubt. And I doubt anyone really wanted to.
1: But it's like you got to look at what you can get. It's like do we have a better chance of keeping him for two months, seeing if he can turn it around, or doing like what the Yankees did with Joey Gallo where they traded him for like some random double-A prospect. Right. I'd, I'd rather like the possibility that Ozuna could become Marcelo Zuna of just
0: two years ago. Yeah, because Gallo, like, he, like you think of Zuna sucks, yeah, Gallo really sucks. Yeah. So, but
1: all in all, Graham, we're, we're looking pretty good. Um, Met, Mets have stepped it back up again.
0: Dude, I think it's time to really consider that the Mets are legitimate. Um, not that they weren't before, but, you know, we were we were catching up on them. We got a one and a half game. And these bastards find a way to just hang in there. They're on a seven-game winning streak. Uh, they got DeGrom back. He's uh, pitching tonight, I believe, making his debut for the season. Hasn't pitched in over a year. But, um, you know, they're a formidable team. They're a formidable team. And um, we're going to have a big, big four-game set with them this week after we play Philly. And, uh, that's you know, once again, won't decide the division and all that shit. And the Braves are still in a really good spot with the wild card. I think we're still like six and a half, seven games up uh, as the first wild card. But the Mets are for real. And – got to respect them, man. This is not a, this is not a fluke anymore. Not that it was ever a fluke, but it's not a fluke. Like they're they're damn near thirty games over five hundred. They, they know what they're doing.
1: They got damn Vogelbach.
0: They do have Vogelbach. That's
1: a guy that'll beat us in the playoffs, bro. No doubt. That guy will hit a crank a four hundred twenty
0: foot bomb easy. Sure. Um, Philly even is hanging in there. I mean, I don't really they're they're on a five game winning streak. They took a series from us before we played Arizona. Uh, beat us in two of three. They're. Beating us right now 2 nothing in this game that's happening. Oh, yeah,
1: this is a big yeah. week.
0: It is. Philly and New York. Yeah. The NL East is a lot better than it was last year. And, you know, Philly's still trying to hang in there. I mean, they they traded for Dave Robertson today, who's a very good player, and, um, you know, really bolstered their bullpen. They also traded for Noah Syndergaard. Oh, did they? Yeah. Wow. So they are they are all in. They are not giving up.
1: And Price Harper will come back eventually, right? You never know. Sounds like you don't know.
0: Um, no, I don't, but <laughs> according to our Philadelphia correspondent, uh, John Galvin, uh, he should come back before the end of the season. Okay. So they are not dead. They are not dead. And, um, there's still a, a lot of baseball. I to don't play. see
1: them catching us, but either way, three wild card spots. It's like, obviously you want to win the division. Yes. But I'm not worried about us like not making the playoffs.
0: No, I think, I think we're, we're in a good spot there, but I'll knock on wood. Yeah. For knock on wood. Sake. Sure. For a couple of listeners out there who are very superstitious, yes. Um, one one thing I want to ask you about the Padres: if the season ended today, we would play the Padres in a three-game series. Oh, pa- Lord. The Padres, probably the biggest uh, one could argue, biggest winners of the trade deadline, got Juan Soto, got Josh Bell. They also got a uh, who did they get, and they got Josh Hader from. Uh, Milwaukee,
1: who hasn't been good this year, but no, I think there's some weird like family circumstances with him where he hasn't really been playing all the time. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, he could get it rolling again. He's obviously a scary player.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, he's like one year removed from being one of the better closers in baseball. So it's like and Tatis is, is he coming Tatis back is yet? coming back. He still has not come Machado back
1: Tatis Soto. That's like that's terrifying. That's like the damn the big three uh, Bosch. LeBron and uh, D Wade. D Wade. Yeah, that's sick. No,
0: like you put that that's, two, three, four in your some, lineup. That's some NBA stuff. Yeah, man. no, it's it's scary. Like the 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 Padres are going for it, man. And uh, they've
1: done this before, though.
0: They have done this before. Do they have
1: a starting pitching to compete in the. Playoffs? They have
0: good starting pitching uh, for sure. The, Who's their ace? You uh, Darvish. Having a very good season. I'm not
1: impressed with you, Darvish. You're not I'm impressed, impressed with, with you, Darvers. I'm not scared of him. <laughs> okay, I'll take Max Fried over you, Darvish, any day of the week.
0: We're definitely comparable pitchers, but um, they're a solid team, and they just got a lot better. Um, and also, you put Josh Bell in there; he's having a really good season, and he was, you know, having a good season with the Nationals, who are terrible. Um, so that's a, that's a damn scary lineup, man. That's not a team I want to face in, the, in a wild card round, even though it's three games now or best of three.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm a firm believer that you can't just throw a bunch of superstars
0: together and have uh, a team. I know you are. But on paper, it looks pretty good. Sure.
1: Yeah, they've, they've had a good team on paper for many years now.
0: It's true. And they, they, they still, I don't think they've made the playoffs since like 2006. I think they did like a
1: wild card game one time maybe.
0: I don't think so. Yeah, I remember, I think the last time they got really close was the last day of the 2010 season when the Braves uh, beat the Phillies and the Padres lost and then we got into the wild card Bobby's last season.
1: I don't think that's accurate. I'm pretty sure they've been to the playoffs in the last five years.
0: I don't think they have. Let's look this up. Let's look this up. Let's look this up, because
1: San Diego correspondent Hugo is going crazy right now.
0: He's going crazy that I'm right.
1: They've probably been in for the last, like, three years. That's not true.
0: 2020 was the last time they made the playoffs as a wild card. Do you count that? Yeah. Okay.
1: They, They won a round in 2020.
0: All right, well, uh, f me then, and um, yeah, so I was wrong. They haven't won the a division title since two thousand six. That's what I was. Uh, That's fair. Not remembering correctly. Yep. Regardless, the Padres look good, and it's a team I don't want to play. So it just puts more emphasis on getting winning the division, forcing the Mets to have to play them or someone else, and uh, playing a lesser team. That would be ideal. But either way, no matter who you play in the playoffs, it's, you know they're going to be a good, at least a good team. So. There's no easy out, really.
1: We, we have two quick things to discuss. Okay. In my eyes, unless you got something else. No. Uh, you and, want to talk more Padres of baseball? No, no, no. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not interested in, in who we're matched up with currently, Greg. Okay. Um, are you worried at all about Acuna?
0: Um, I was before I went to Italy. I didn't watch any games when we were over there, but I kept. I read in the morning uh, what was happening every day. I was, you know, there's a lot of really just non-competitive bats, defensive miscues. Um, you know, he was getting, he wasn't grinding at bats like he usually does. I mean, he's always been an aggressive hitter, but he also has the ability to work the count. He wasn't doing that when he came back, and I was watching this Arizona series. Uh, there was a game on, I think Saturday night game. He hit the ball hard twice, and they were outs, and he got uh, an infield single on on another at bat. But um, that was like it was hardly hit hard at all. But the thing that impressed me about Acuna was he's starting to hit the ball better, even if he wasn't getting the results he wanted. And he's in and that at bat where he got the infield single was like a 12 pitch at bat. So it's, it says, it shows it's me yeah. that he's starting to figure some things out again, put together competitive at bats, starting to hit the ball harder again. Uh, so I'm not concerned yet. As much as I would be, you know, with somebody else that doesn't have the pedigree or the track record of Ronald Acuna Jr. But it hasn't been like a, a, a bed of roses either. Like, you know, there have been some things you're like, oh, what, what's going on with you, Ronnie? But I'm not like ready to like crucify the guy or anything.
1: Right? He he, he certainly has not looked himself. Like, I mean, honestly, the best he's looked was his first couple weeks when he came yeah, back he from was the great. injury. But he's just like he's just seemed off. But I think in, in general we gotta we gotta trust that he's just kind of you know, still finding his flow and eventually will.
0: Yeah. Like if he can start turning around mid-August and he plays like we know he's capable of, you know, I think right now as if if he's going to keep playing like this, like we have no shot to repeat, in my opinion. But if he turns it around, we can can do it. But he's got to play at that MVP caliber level that he can play at. Are you worried about him? are you are you going to give him the benefit of the doubt? Yeah. Okay. I'm good.
1: I just want to hear your thoughts sure. there. And yep. then uh, how sweet is it to see Matt Olson all those doubles he was hitting early in the year turning into homers all the time now? Yeah.
0: Yeah, like 9 home runs in his last like 15 or like 20 games or something like that. Um the power is good. Good at bats. Um his slugging percentage I think is over 500 now, which is, you know, one of the big reasons why you picked him up cuz he had like a 571 slugging percentage last year. Uh love that he is starting to really contributing you know even when he went through the stretches where he wasn't very good he was still putting together decent at bats and you you know you knew this was coming at some point so yeah it's good to see for him for sure
1: I was amazed that he actually scored from first on that. Oscar. I didn't think there's a chance in hell. I was like,
0: why don't we pitch run for him? I you know, if I can grab a, a, a drunk fan, he'd you probably just, be faster. You just
1: see him gritting as he dives headfirst. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he was like, This is ridiculous. I know how slow I am. They
1: obviously had him played to left field. Yeah. So. It's a
0: remake of Chariots uh Chariots of Fire.
1: But yeah man. I think I think we kinda
0: we caught up. Yeah. We caught up with the Braves. And um I just love that there's like no fall off with this team. Even when guys are struggling, like you mentioned when we first started the segment, when what feels like about 47 years ago, different guys are stepping up and, um, and then, you know, and they're stepping up in a way that's consistent. The Dansby's, the Austin's, the Michael Harris's, um, they're they're like the bedrocks of the team right now, offensively. And then the starting rotation is doing a good job. The bullpen's still doing a good job, you know, minus Will Smith's shenanigans. Um, so, let's keep it rolling, man. Yes, sir. Um I guess we'll take a break and uh hear a word from our friends from DraftKings if they still uh sponsor the show. Football fans, DraftKings changed the fantasy game forever in 2012. Now, 10 years later, they're doing it again with Rainmakers Football, their first ever NFT fantasy game. A new way to enjoy daily fantasy football. A new shot to win millions in prizes and the only NFT fantasy game licensed by the NFL Players Association. Playing Rainmakers football is simple. Buy, sell, bid, and win player cards of the biggest names in the game through regular drops and auctions. Build your collection of football stars and enter free Rainmaker football contests all season long to compete for millions and jaw-dropping prizes. Each week, craft your lineups of athletes from your NFT collection and rack up points for touchdowns, receptions, and more like you would in daily fantasy football. The next generation of fantasy sports is almost here. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now and sign up with promo code T-P-P-N. That's promo code T-P-P-N. Click the Rainmakers tile and opt in so you can be ready for the next drop. Play free for millions in prizes all football season and build the ultimate NFT fantasy franchise with Rainmakers football. That's promo code T-P-P-N only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It's August. It's early August. You know what that means? Training camp. Training camp.
1: NFL. NFL is coming. It's coming up real quick, Graham. This year's almost over. Like in other things in life, I've been like, yeah, it's going to be by the end of the year. Like thinking that's so long. Now you got to answer for that shit. Yeah. It's not long at all. No. Like, Phillies John's getting married in three weeks.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. We have to do a live uh, podcast from the wedding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) From the wedding. Yeah. Uh, I doubt we'll do that, but yeah, that, this is true, Grant, but we, we do, we got some Falcons things to discuss, and it's like, it's time to turn our brains on.
0: Can I praise John real quick, John and Tiffany? Not for their marriage, I mean, that's great and all, but to, deciding to schedule their wedding on like August, what is it, August 20th, 21st, 19th, whatever, whatever uh, it is. Yeah, my, my birthday. Your birthday. Yes. Yeah. Um, My birthday is
1: getting overshadowed it by the wedding.
0: Well, you know what, that, that's okay. But you're going <laughs> to enjoy yourself, you're going to have a good birthday. But I think the the big thing is is that they didn't do it during like a big like, you know, during football season or during baseball playoffs. Uh, you know, very courteous in their scheduling of the wedding.
1: It is tough. Like I don't think people think about those things at the time of scheduling a wedding because it's like so stressful. I
0: feel like John would though. John's a big sports fan. He knows not to mess around what with do you
1: that have stuff. have thought about that. We'll we'll have to ask him. I'm not sure if he had the The foresight to figure that one
0: out. We know that at least our other friend Gabe did not think about that. Scheduled it right during smack dab in the middle of baseball playoffs. (laughs) Me and John were talking the other night. We were like, we're going to have to bring like a TV or or like a radio or something. Well, it's in Hartwell,
1: Georgia, so I doubt you're going to have electricity out there. Right.
0: But we were joking like they'd be having like a serious moment in the wedding. You just hear, yeah! Or something like us watching. (laughs) Is it uh, right in the middle of the playoffs? Hell yeah. Yeah, that's like right smack dab in the middle of the playoffs. And you know on Saturday there's going to be a ton of games and the Braves will probably be playing in one of them.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. I'm the officiant. I maybe, know. you're not. Maybe, your head's not going to be in the game. Maybe I have some control over these things. What control will you have? Well, yeah. I'll wait till all 200 people are gathered. Sure. And I'll be like, all right, you know, we're gathered here to celebrate the wedding of Gay Peacock, Lauren Davidson. That's cool and all, but you know, there's a playoff game right now, so... We're going to speed this thing up. You guys are married. Cool. It was all done at the courthouse a couple weeks ago anyways. This is all a formality. Uh, I, I I got a trailer in the back with the TV. Let's go.
0: Yeah, if anyone wants to uh, come watch the Braves game, grab a drink, we'll go watch the Braves game. You know at least 100 people would
1: want to go watch the oh, Braves yeah, game. Oh, yeah, for sure. Come on. Yeah.
0: In Hartwell, Georgia? Hartwell, Georgia is Braves country.
1: You tell him you got a trailer? You got a TV. And some Braves, yeah. some Braves baseball? It's on. Giddy up, partner.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So, yeah, we'll make that happen, Graham. Don't you worry. The good thing is Gabe, one of our best friends of all time, has never actually listened to our podcast. So no, he'll never... We could talk all the he, shit we want even to Even though he'll, he's been on it once. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't listen back to that. No. The worst episode ever. That so was a horrible he'll episode. He'll never hear any of this, yeah. so we could say whatever we want. Exactly. So that's pretty cool. Um, but Graham, Falcons news. Yeah. You know, I've been all over this report for weeks. For weeks. <laughs> you know, the Falcons have tried and failed to trade Deion Jones. Correct. And according to a report by uh, Jeff Schultz of the Athletic, the Falcons have decided not to cut Jones, as that would only save about one million dollars off their salary cap um, because of the way his contract is structured. So, weren't able to trade him. So now it's it's kind of a, a crowded linebacker room, and you know you'd hope that Jones could just be a veteran leader, but you know we obviously want to move on from him. It's tough for him as well. To come back, just knowing that he's been wanting to trade from a team that hasn't has has had what one top ten defense in like twenty years or something like that, and we don't even want him. Right. So yeah. But uh he's back. I, I mean, that's. I don't feel great about it.
0: Well, it's also he's also injured. I don't think he's gonna like be here to start the season. He's doing his rehab. Yeah, I mean Fontenot even said that too. He said, you know, there's no timetable. For when Dion returns, uh, he's doing his rehab. When he's ready to come out, he'll come out. That's what Fontenot said. So Dion Jones really doesn't add much to the equation. Um, I don't know if it's an issue of the effort. Uh, we know the talent's there or an issue of health or, or, or whatever. But, you know, multiple times last year, he was just getting bullied, it, it seemed like, uh, particularly – there's a game in the, against Buffalo where he could have stopped a touchdown, but he was just like absolutely manhandled by somebody. And it was like the, the Deion Jones I used to know when we were good, uh, like seven or eight – or when I was uh, – this shirt, 2016 NFC Champions that so I'm wearing uh, right now. Like back then that Deion Jones would have gotten that bastard. Um, but no, not not this Deion Jones. This Deion Jones is a shell of his, of his former self, which is a shame because he was a great player. So uh, maybe he shows up, maybe he doesn't. I don't think he adds much if he comes back.
1: Just surprised that no one would take a flyer on him. But Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. I mean it is what it is. Yeah. Um, move on to the the kid from Montana. Yeah. Let's see what that kid's got.
0: And um well it's interesting also yeah, uh, D'Angelo Malone, is that what you're talking about?
1: No, no, the the white kid from Montana. Oh yeah, from Montana fast.
0: State. Yeah, we can't remember his name, but that's yeah, all right. Yeah. We're not in football. We're not in football <laughs> mode. We're purely in baseball mode. We'll know these right now. things
1: in a few weeks.
0: Right. Um, Arthur Smith's talking a lot about you know he doesn't care what, what people think about the Falcons uh, gonna suck this year he doesn't you know he's also which I thought was a ridiculous metaphor he thought my metaphor earlier which made no sense was ridiculous which it was I think this is even worse um, this is a terrible comparison he was like you know what look back when the iPhone came out everybody said the iPhone was gonna was gonna fail and look at him now <laughs> I was like, there's a big difference, I think, between you know the people who made the iPhone, true innovators, right, that changed the world literally, versus a a uh, football team, and it's also like, I get what he's trying to say, but it's just a really bad comparison. Like the Falcons on paper suck. The iPhone on paper was going to revolutionize the world. The internet in your damn phone and you can make calls on it and you can do emails and all this stuff. Now you're talking about with the Falcons where you got the worst offensive line in the league, arguably the worst defensive line, a journeyman quarterback. Um, you know, it's like, uh, we're horrible. We're going to be a bad team. Like but there's the just general no way around
1: point it. is I'm sure they're like, I don't think, you know, the full history of what was going on in the world when the iPhone came out. And I'm sure a lot of people thought it was going to fail. Cause they're like, why, why would you want something that big, that clunky, you got this perfect flip phone. That's crazy. You don't need email there. No, you're. You, we got a BlackBerry. Blackberry's on top of the world. Sure. You know, but the people at Apple believed they were going to win, and that's what the people in the Atlanta Falcons r- locker room think as well. Graham. But there's no evidence. And that's yet. what's important there's, is that they have got a coach that'll go out there and make ridiculous comparisons <laughs> in support of his players. Cause he believes in the people, in the locker room, they believe in coach Smith. And that's what you want to see, Graham. That's a good thing. That well,
0: makes me happy. It is good that he's going to bat for his players and saying like, you know, Fuck the world! I like that attitude. That seems like something, even Brian, though it's ridiculous. That seems like something saying. Brian Snicker would say. Yeah, even though it's even though it's ridiculous comparison. Also, you know, like Dean Pease is coming out saying it's like, you know, we're looking to be a great defense, like my old Ravens and Patriots defenses that won Super Bowls, I'm like, okay, man.
1: Well, there, right. Dean, you go for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, like that's great. Have the pie in the sky goals. The uh, realistic take though is that none of this is gonna, you know, we'll forget all about this in five months, and the Falcons are, you know, one of the lesser teams in the league. But you know. Shit.
1: We do have a tough schedule. We have a tough schedule. That's problem. And we have
0: a bad offensive line, a bad defensive line. It was funny, too. Like, someone asked uh, Arthur Smith, who stood out on the offensive line today, and he said uh, Matthews and Lindstrom. And that's it. That's, that's not good. And I was like, of course. Because – our are only two. Yeah, only two guys who were worth a shit last year. I mean, it's, it's going to be the same damn story except it's going to also take a step back because we don't have a quarterback anymore. So,
1: so what are you hearing about D'Angelo Malone? I heard you mention him earlier.
0: Yeah, D'Angelo Malone is really turning... Um, he's, he's
1: the rookie, or is he a second-year player? No, he's
0: a rookie. Yeah, rookie outside linebacker. Um, he's going to be a pass, pass rusher. They're saying he's in incredible shape, 240 pounds, but he's all muscle, um, and that he's just tearing it up, um, apparently in training camp. But apparently he's just in impeccable shape and looks like he's going to be a, uh, a starter um, within the linebacking core with how much everybody's just raving about him. Um, and Arthur Smith went on the radio and said, when I went to the senior bowl, I don't know that there was a more physical player than D'Angelo Malone. So just seems like a mean, nasty guy that they're talking him up. And this is the guy we drafted from Western Kentucky who Had 32 and a half sacks and 59 tackles for loss over the course of his career there. So, here's hoping D'Angelo Malone can make a big impact, man. We need some badass pass rusher who can get double digit sacks and not be a fluky player like uh, Vic Beasley. Not saying that he, that's what he's going to do, but uh, good reports uh, coming out of Fiery Branch about one D'Angelo Malone. So, we'll just have to see how it goes.
1: The odds are in our favor to eventually hit on a semi high yeah. draft pick for uh, defensive end.
0: Right, I mean, he was a fourth-round pick, but um, anybody, man, just anybody. Can you believe that we've only had, like, one good defensive lineman pick in the last, like, ten years, and that was Grady in the fifth round? Like, can you think of anyone else who was worth a shit that we drafted? Yeah, I mean. There's no one.
1: Vic had his one
0: season. That's it. Yeah. So it's like, eventually, you would think that someday we will get another good pass rusher in this draft, and hopefully he could be one. Hopefully, a bit of K from uh, Penn State can be one, but um, yeah, sounds like this guy is busting his ass and working hard and is ready to go. So
1: we got to go get eyeballs on trading camp one of these days, Graham.
0: It's fun. I went when I was uh, when I used to be a sports journalist. Uh, <laughs> journalist, journalist. That's another uh, front row reference. But uh, yeah, I went. I went, and it was it was fun. I hear they got these food
1: carts this year where everything's a dollar. You know, oh. you want a coffee, dollar. that's a dollar. You want a cheesesteak, that's a dollar. You want a slice of pizza, it's, that's a dollar.
0: Man, Arthur Blank really knows how to sell his shitty stadium food to people. Uh, us at Atlantans cheap
1: love cheap concessions.
0: Yes. We also really love paying out the ass for PSLs. We love that shit.
1: Well, they're kind of like dropping the PSLs now quietly.
0: Oh, yeah? Is the word around town. Oh,
1: But uh, that's going to cause some issues for the people who paid for PSLs, so.
0: Really? I haven't heard anything about this.
1: I don't have enough to report on it, Graham. It was just a, you, have, you
0: have insider information I from... I
1: overheard like a three-minute snippet on the radio. I, I haven't done my research. I haven't done research. You're just talking out your do, ass. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought that you might know something about no, it. No, so. I know nothing. Okay, uh, yeah. One so, of those ill-prepared moments. We'll, we'll dive into that one a little more. You know
0: who you should talk to? You should talk to um, Keisha about it. She's a PSL holder, well, right? She, she paid for the PSL. Yeah. She's
1: got to keep paying for them. Right. But it, it, it's... uh. Yeah, she'd have the intel there. Yeah, ask, ask her about she's it. She's probably upset about it. I'm sure.
0: Yeah, okay. ask her about it and see what's up.
1: All right, I'll, I'll let you know next okay. week.
0: Um, yeah, nothing else really going on. I've seen a couple of videos of Kyle Pitts just absolutely abusing um, our linebackers. <laughs> <laughs> and same thing with uh, Drake London. Drake London was, was just lost in uh, one of our corners on a uh, – it was not Terrell or, or Edwards, but someone else. It just made him look like a chump. So that's good to see. I mean, you know – we know Kyle Pitts can be a beast. Um, you know the the reports are all good on on um, Mr. London as well. So it, it's just been cool watching videos of these guys who you're not accustomed to seeing. You know, for years it was always watching Roddy, watching Julio. Um, you know, players like that do their thing in training camp on these videos, and you're like, you know, you get used to it. You took those guys for granted after a while. Now it's like this is a new breed of of talent at the tight end and receiving position. But
1: I mean, just two years in, you can see we've we've refreshed. Yeah. The
0: stable of receivers.
1: Yeah. Like it's it's trending in a good direction. We have got some pieces out there on the field. How about how about Julio signing with the Bucks? Trader. We're, we're going to see him twice a
0: year. No, we're not because he's you know he's going to play like four
1: games. Well, we'll we'll see him for the first game. I think we play them like week 4 or 5. You think he would
0: like he's going to kill us if he's healthy?
1: No. I I don't I think he's done.
0: I think he's done too. What's surprising to me is how done he was last year, though. He did like nothing for Tennessee. Yeah. Like I thought it would be a more gradual decline, but it was like immediate rock bottom kind of kind of deal. Yep.
1: Got to stay on the field, Graham.
0: But uh, yeah, nothing else really going on. Adam, I think in the Atlanta sports world, I think we I think we covered it.
1: Yeah. Big day though.
0: Yeah. United uh, played to a draw their last match.
1: Tight, tight, tight. Yeah,
0: zero, zero. I watched it. That's good to hear. It's pretty uh, ugly soccer. I don't know much about what good soccer is either. Yeah. But, yeah.
1: Well, thank God you brought that one up. Yep.
0: Had to just squeeze out a couple more uh, <laughs> seconds on this on this turkey. Yep. But that's it. So we're back. We'll do better next time. And uh, We'll we've...
1: be back next week, Graham. We'll be back next week. We'll be week. back
0: next week. Yes, we will not take another... <laughs> three weeks, two weeks, whatever it it's was. It's
1: August. It's, you know, pennant race, football. It's time to go. Yeah. It's yep. time, to, time to clock in.
0: I agree. Summer vacation is over. Yep. The kids started back at school this week, and we need to as well. Exactly. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We hope you're doing well. We'll see you next week. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitometer so Hospitometer so